Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. To 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we'll begin reading in verse 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and we'll begin reading in verse 1. And I have to tell you, church family, this is a message that I've been looking forward to preaching now for about a month. And yet the Lord has not given me liberty until this morning uh, to deliver this message. And so I'm excited. You're going to hear some things, perhaps, that you've never heard before. You'll hear some things that you've never thought of before. And by the way, this will simply be an introduction. I'm hoping and praying that every one of you will take what you hear today and begin to do your own investigation, start doing research, start studying because we desire to know the truth according to the Word of God. And so we are in uh, 1 Thessalonians, but we kind of had a mini-series in there, and we are looking at, at the return of Jesus Christ, the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is actually the fourth message, even though we've had some interruptions along the way, but this is the fourth message on the subject, the return of of Jesus. I'll begin in verse 1. Now our text really, when we began the study, started back in the fourth chapter, but I won't read the fourth chapter. Uh, let's begin in 1 Thessalonians 5, 1. Follow along as I read. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, I would like for you to pay attention to the fact that the scripture talks about they, and then it changes to you. But you, brethren, are not in the darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness, therefore let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. That whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. Now, what Paul is saying to the Thessalonian church, and what the Holy Spirit preserved in the Word of God until our very day, is this. That the day of the Lord will come As a thief in the night. That day when our Lord returns. When Jesus comes back from heaven. 
when the eastern sky splits, when the trump of God sounds, when the voice of the archangel is heard, when the heavens break out in a shout, and that glorious hallelujah day comes, it'll come like a thief in the night. No thief is going to call you up and say, since I know you'll be at the ball game on Saturday and no one will be home, I'll be stopping by your house to take your goods. I, I don't think the Bible could be more clear on a subject than it is in this particular place. The Bible is saying concerning the day, concerning the time, concerning the hour, concerning the season. It uses that word, the season of the Lord's return. There will be no prior announcement. It will happen like a thief in the night. Please listen up. Listen carefully, church. Anybody who tries to convince you that the Lord will come back on one particular day, or anybody who tries to pinpoint the time of the Lord's return and tell you it will happen this day or this week or this month, anybody who tries to do that is off base and out of line and way out of Scripture. And they're trying to get us to believe something the Bible says no man can know. And I want to encourage you as your pastor, as the under-shepherd of this church, that any time you come across somebody who does something like that, anybody who tries to predict the day or even the immediate season, anybody that tries to do that, do not follow them, do not listen to their sermons, do not read their material, do not support their ministries. Close your ears and have no part of that because they are way outside the parameters of Scripture. And, and so, so we know it's coming as a thief in the night. However, the Bible also tells us that for true believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, those who truly believe in Him, those who truly serve Him, that those who believe and follow and walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, they will not be caught off guard. Amen. That day will not take them by surprise. They will, they will not be shocked. The Scripture teaches us. Listen, this is a part of the text I just read. But one more time, this begins in verse 4. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Now, friends, we have some instructions here. I'm telling you, when, when Jesus returns to this world, to this sin-sick, sin-cursed world, it'll be like a thief in the night, and it will be totally shocking to those who do not know Christ. But for those who know Christ, it shouldn't be that way. Well, it shouldn't take us by surprise. We shouldn't be shocked. We shouldn't be amazed. Not us. Why? Because we're of the light. And because we're instructed to keep looking for the return of our blessed Lord. We are to be watching for that glorious and hallelujah day. We are to be sober. 
not intoxicated with the things of this world, but we are to be sober, filled with great expectation that our Lord will soon return. We should be looking for His return. That glorious time. It should be the most anticipated event of our lives as Christians. He said He's coming back. Did you know that there's, there's more, Brother Bill was sharing with me the other day, there's more in the New Testament about the return of Jesus Christ than any other subject except your very salvation. I, I think the return of Jesus Christ is mentioned some eight times to every time the birth of Christ is mentioned. That's how important it is. Jesus is coming back. What a day. What a glorious hallelujah day. I, I, I was at a, our, our brother Raymond Hines uh, passed away and we had his service yesterday. I just got to tell you, I don't know what I was doing there. I love black funerals. Man, we were dancing, man, on stage and down front. I mean, there was, there was glory hallelujah in the house. I'm telling you, friends, there's going to be glory hallelujah when Jesus splits that eastern sky and comes back for His children. I had what I believe was just a little foretaste of that one time. I had a dream. I'm not the only one. Some of you have told me about your dreams of the rapture. But I had a dream one night that it all happened. And it was a very real dream. I didn't think it was a dream until it was over with. But man, the trumpet sounded. There was a shout in the heavens. The voice of the archangel announced his return. I just woke. I mean, I was wide awake in my bed. I, I thought I was anyway. And, and then all of a sudden, it happened. I just floated up off my bed. Gravity had no control over me. That's the neatest feeling in the world. I, I can't wait. I'm sick of gravity. I just floated up off my bed. And there I was, and I'm thinking, this is it! This is it! Wow! This is it! And then I started going up, and then I kind of cringed because I thought I would hit the ceiling, but it just went right through the ceiling and right through the roof. And I was on my way to glory. I mean, this was like the most wonderful experience of my life. And I was ooing and cooing and on like a little baby that's just extremely happy. And then my wife woke me up. It took me the longest time to forgive her. I mean, that's like the best feeling I ever had in my life. And I was upset with her. Not only that, I was wondering why she wasn't right by my side when we were going up. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> wow! What a day that will be! What a glorious day! That will be. And the Bible tells us that we are to be sober, that we're to be awake, that we're to be alive, that we're to be alert, that we're to be watching for that day. Now here's a question. What should we be watching for? What should we be watching for? Now this is where it gets real tricky. And we'll have to be careful right here. Because we don't want to step over that line that so many have stepped over. 
But we also don't want to shy away from what the Bible tells us. So what should we be watching for? Listen up. This is what you're to be looking for and watching for and expecting. You and I, as true believers in Christ, should be watching for the signs of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we need to be careful that we don't set a date or that we don't get caught in that trap or try to predict the time or the hour or even the immediate season in which the Lord Jesus will come. But we need to be looking for the signs of our Lord's return so that we will know when His return is drawing close. That's what Jesus said. Let me read it to you. This is Luke 21, 25 through 28. These are the words of Jesus. And there will be signs. That's what we're talking about, watching for signs. And there will be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear, and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because, say it with me, your redemption draws near. Wow! That, that passage of Scripture begins with, there will be signs... And it ends with saying, when you see these things, you will know that your redemption is drawing near. You see, friends, there will be signs that let us know when the time is close, when it's drawing near. Now, He will still come as a thief in the night. We're still not going to know the day, the hour, the time, or even necessarily the season, or maybe even the exact year. But there will be signs that let us know that His reappearing, His return for His children is drawing near. And Jesus says, I love it, look up, lift up your head, because your redemption draws nigh. Now the Apostle Paul said this, The Apostle Paul said, watch, be sober, be alert, be alive. He just said, be watchful. But then when we read these words of Jesus, Jesus actually tells us what to be watching for, what to be looking for. Listen to this. There will be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and on the earth. There will be signs. Are you keeping up with what's going on in our world today? Some of you are. There's some amazing signs going on right now in the earth. I mean, in the heavens and on the earth. You see, we have Jesus saying there will be signs in the sun. Did you know, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but I think we should take the Bible literally, don't you? Unless it's obviously uh, figurative. The Bible says there will be signs in the sun. There will be some kind of sign that the Son will give us that the return of our Lord Jesus is getting closer. Not pinpointing it, but just getting closer. The Son will tell us something. Now, what will the Son tell us? 
Well, Jesus doesn't talk about it in this passage. He just says there will be signs in the sun. But when you get over to Acts, the second chapter, verse 20, we actually find out what kind of sign the sun will give us. Uh, Acts 2.20 says, The sun shall be turned into darkness. One more time. Don't just read over it. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Now Jesus said there will be signs in the sun. And this passage says that the sun shall be turned into darkness. That kind of sounds like an eclipse to me, doesn't it? An eclipse. We've just had a total solar eclipse. Did you know the media dubbed it as the great American eclipse? We just had, on, on August 21st, just a few months ago, we had a total solar eclipse that moved across our nation from the Pacific to the Atlantic, moved all the way across the United States. The sun was turned into darkness. Now, we have to be honest, don't we? In and of itself, of itself, an eclipse is not really all that big deal. It's been happening over and over through the centuries. But did you also know that in seven years from now, in the year 2024, there will be another total eclipse that will go all the way across the United States? Now, hang on just a minute. Anytime I see the number seven, I start thinking just a little bit. So we just had a total eclipse. Seven years from now, we're going to have another total eclipse in the United States. And the, and the number seven represents perfection or completion. And when the Bible usually uses the word seven, it means it's completed, it's done. So we had one this year, seven years from now, 2024, we'll have another one. And it'll cross the United States, but wait, it gets better. The first eclipse came at an angle all the way across the United States from the Pacific to the Atlantic. It made a straight line across the United States. The next one in seven years will not follow that path. The next one will start at Texas, work its way up through the heartland of America and into New England, and it will cross the first one. We have two eclipses seven years apart that form a cross over the United States of America. Somebody might say, Pastor, you're just grasping at straws. No, I'm not. I'm looking up. If Jesus said there will be signs in the sun, then I believe the sun will start giving us some kind of sign that the time is drawing close. I believe it. Well, what about the moon? He said there will be signs in the sun, there will be signs in the moon. I don't know if you've been keeping up with it or not, but over the last few years, we've had an amazing thing happen with the moon. We've had four blood moons over the last couple of years. A total lunar eclipse is sometimes called a blood moon. And rightly so, you'll understand. I want you to see a picture of a blood moon. Here's what it looks like. Just looks like blood. Hey, here's a picture of a normal full moon and a blood moon side by side. Look at this. 
Now, here, here's part of an article that I read that may help you. The term blood moon is also sometimes used to refer to four total lunar eclipses that happen in the space of two years, a phenomenon astronomers call a lunar tetrad. The eclipse, the eclipses in a tetrad occur six months apart with at least six full moons between them. Well, friends, we've, we've just had <clears throat> a tetrad. We've had four blood moons that took place in the course of two years. On April the 15th, 2014. On October the 6th, 2014. On April the 4th, 2015. And on September the 27th, 2015. And listen to this. You know it. Who said it over here? Yeah, you know it. Here's the strange thing about it is, and this is a sermon in itself, and we could spend a week on this. Every one of those blood moons fell on a Jewish feast day. Wow. You know God is amazing, isn't He? The Lord knows how to orchestrate things thousands of years in advance so that it fulfills exactly what He says will take place. Now, the term blood moon is not a biblical term, but it is close. Again, Acts 2.20. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into, say it with me, blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Before Jesus returns, the, blood's, the, the moon is going to have something that happens to it that makes it look like blood. Could this most recent tetrad be a sign that His coming is drawing near? I don't know. But it's got my attention. All I know is, if we believe the words of Jesus, we need to be looking up, don't we? We need to be trying to figure out what's going on in the heavens. He said there will be signs in the sun. He said there will be signs in the moon. But He also said there will be signs in the stars. Something very interesting just happened in the stars that could be a sign. This is one of the most amazing things you'll ever hear in your life. Now Jesus simply said there will be signs in the stars, but in the book of Revelation we find some details about what at least one of those signs will look like and what it will be. I'm reading from Revelation 12, 1 and 2. Now a great sign... There it is, a sign, right? This is a sign. We're to be watching for these signs. Now a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of twelve stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. <coughs> wow. That's pretty amazing. I've always thought when I read that passage of Scripture from the earliest uh, uh, times of my Christian life, when I read that, I've always felt like that was talking about the Virgin Mary giving birth to the King of Kings. I still believe that. I still believe that. I think that this is to be a sign, a heavenly image that calls attention to something that happened a long time ago when a young virgin girl gave birth to the King of Kings, the Savior of the world. Now, this appearance in the heavens, bear with me now, because you've got to think. I want you to think just for a moment with me. 
43 days ago. This, this was on September the 23rd, 2017. Something happened among the stars that may just have been a fulfillment of what oh, Revelation 12 today is. I, wanna... I thought it was the rapture coming right now. <laughs> I was pausing in case it was the archangel. Okay? Where were we? <laughs> 43 days ago, something happened. Listen up now. And that is the constellation Virgo was in place, as it is every year. I, and let me just stop right there. Do you know what Virgo means? Virgin. It's Latin for virgin, the virgin. The constellation Virgo was in place. And on the 23rd of September, the sun, I mean, the moon was at her feet. The sun was up around her shoulders. And she was clothed with the sun. There was a garland of 12 stars above her head. It was all lining up perfectly with what the scripture says. And then listen this. The planet Jupiter was in her womb. Now hold on. You can't make this stuff up. You can't make this stuff up. Jupiter is known as the king planet. I, I, I tried it. Just do a search. Say, what planet is the king planet? And it'll pull up Jupiter every time. Jupiter is known as the king planet. And the king planet was in her womb. Here we have a constellation that's named Virgin... We have a planet that's called the king planet. It's in her womb. The moon is at her feet. The sun is clothing her. And there's a garland of 12 stars on her head. I'm telling you, friends. There will be some signs in the stars. Now, just in case I haven't explained it well enough, I have a three-minute video clip I want you to watch. We'll take the lights down and look Hello at this. Hello and welcome. Today I want to briefly discuss with you a very important topic in which the sun, the moon, and the stars will align with perfection to fulfill a 2,000-year-old prophecy. Perfection only found from the creator of heaven and earth. This prophecy was written down in the book of Revelation, the last book in the Holy Bible, directly from Jesus. This book was given to us so that we would know the time of the end, what to expect, and to know what would happen. Let's read Revelation 12 together. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. So what we see written here is the constellation Virgo, which is known as the woman, who is clothed with the sun. That means the sun is currently in the constellation Virgo. The moon is under her feet, and above her head is a crown of 12 stars. And Jupiter enters her belly, stays there for nine months, and exits, showing a birth. So in this very descriptive passage, we see all phases, the sun, the moon, and the stars all coming together to form a picture of a birth. 
And again, lastly, the nine stars from Leo always above her head, plus the three wandering stars aligned perfectly for the crown. God himself spoke through the prophet Daniel and said these things would be sealed up until the time of the end, as in nobody would really understand until the end came. Thanks to technology, we have a program called Stellarium. It allows us to go forward and backward in time and see how the stars align. Because as they have seen, every star, every planet known as a wandering star follows a mathematical equation. This alignment has never happened. In the beginning, in the book of Genesis, God himself says the sun, the moon, and the stars will be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. This prophecy is no exception. What's also really interesting is when Jesus was telling his apostles of when he will return, he himself said that there would be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars and upon the earth the stress of nations, as in much trouble going on, as we see now. Hopefully by now you see that this topic is worthy of your time for further investigation. This is something that you can see with your very own eyes and confirms that the Bible is true. If you haven't done so, please seek Jesus Christ today, as time may be running out. God bless, and please share this with everyone you know. Amen. Now I'm back to the funeral we had yesterday. That makes me want to just dance around just a little bit. I, I, I mean, that is amazing. So, so there's a constellation that's called Virgin. And there's a planet that's called the King Planet. And, I mean, this... this the, by the way, do you know why... I, I'm going to give you the scientific reason, and then I'm going to give you the God reason. Do you know why Jupiter is called the King Planet? Because it's so big. It's like 12 times the size of the Earth. And, and, and it's, it's way out there. It takes Jupiter 12 years to make one orbit around the Sun. Listen, one year on, on earth, it, a year is 12 years long on Jupiter. Kids, you don't want to live on Jupiter. Christmas would never get here. <laughs> it would never get here. But I want to tell you, that the reason it's called the king planet, or it originally it was just because it's so big, but could it be that the reason it's called the king planet from the beginning is because God wanted to give us a sign in the end time? And there would be a constellation called the Virgin. And the king planet would be in her womb. And the moon would be at her feet. And the sun would clothe her. And there would be a garland of 12 stars. Jesus said there will be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. And then he says, and let's not leave this one out. And on the earth, distress of nations... Now, we have a little saying we use around the office. You don't have to state the obvious. So, friends, I don't have to spend any time here, do I? I mean, really. These are, these are difficult times that we're living in. I, I, I know there are people in this congregation who have told me this, and it's true of me. There are people in this congregation who have told me they've stopped watching the news They've stopped watching what's going on in Washington, D.C. because it makes them sick to their stomach to see what's going on in Washington, D.C. 
Listen, my oldest brother, I'm not making this up, my oldest brother, this was years ago, shot his television set. Now, he didn't take it out in the yard and shoot it. He shot it right in the living room. I saw it with my own eyes. He shot his television set. I can tell you, if you will sit in front of your television set and watch the news every day, uh, after about three weeks, you'll either be suicidal or you'll want to shoot your television set. And by the way, friends, I'm talking about our leaders now. I'm talking about people who should be on our side. I'm talking about people who should be helping us. Those are our leaders. What about our enemies? What about ISIS? What about North Korea? What about Iran? What about terrorism? In America, I'm not trying to scare you. I just want you to know that one of the signs that Jesus is coming back is there will be distress among the nations. What about terrorism in America? Did you know that we've had 273 mass shootings this year in America? Look it up for yourself. It's kind of hard to believe. 273 mass shootings. We're averaging over one a day mass shootings in America. Back to what we were praying about earlier. 90,000 Christians. I've I've verified this from several sources. 90,000 Christians will die for their faith this year. Don't you tell me there's not distress in the world. 43,000 Americans will get so overwhelmed with life and the burden of life, and that's what our text talks about, that they will take their own lives this year. Almost 600 people have been murdered in the city of Chicago this year. Now, now uh, let, me, let me do a disclaimer. I'm not sure about any of these things. But boy, they have my attention. I am sure that somehow, someway, the sun will give us a sign. Somehow, someway, the moon will give us a sign. Somehow, someway, the stars will give us a sign. Somehow, someway, the turbulence going on on planet Earth will give us a sign. And I know if you do your research, you will find the skeptics, the naysayers, the critics out there who will tell you that everything I'm sharing with you is just foolishness. It's just nonsense. But I disagree. I don't think it is. You see, the fact, the fact, listen to this now, the fact that we've had, that we've had a solar eclipse where the sun was darkened, and in seven years from now, we'll have another one, and it'll cross the United States and form a cross. The fact that we've had a tetrad of blood moons that fell on feast days. The fact that something has happened in the stars that reflects upon the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the fact that there is so much hatred and racism and confusion and terrorism in this world makes me want to do something I hope you'll do. These are the words of Jesus. Look up. And lift up your heads. Because your redemption draweth nigh.
Would you pray with me, please? <laughs> Heavenly Father, we love you today. Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.